Welcome to Turning Season Podcast, your regular dose of active hope in this great turning toward life-honoring, life-sustaining ways of being human, bringing you deep conversations with people who are rising to their own unique roles in this worldwide movement. This show is for every one of you who's awake to our multiple crises, feels your love for life on earth, and is finding your way to participate in cultivating ways of life we can believe in, making a life-honoring present even in the face of an uncertain future. I'm your host, Leilani Navar. I facilitate the work that reconnects. I practice acupuncture and dream work. I believe in the power of conversation, and I just love having these conversations with people who are throwing their weight into the momentum of this shift. Today you'll be hearing from Guar Mudakuza, a young refugee, a social entrepreneur, a climate activist, and a mentor in Uganda, making an impact in the refugee community. He's passionate about regenerative agriculture, climate action, and entrepreneurship. Guar is the founder and director of Plethora Social Initiative, a refugee-led organization that works to develop the inner potential and capacities of refugees in Nakivala Refugee Settlement and in their host community. Plethora Social Initiative provides learning opportunities and a community of practitioners encouraging each person's unique abilities while developing a regenerative culture and building a resilient local community. Guar has a powerful voice and message to share, and I'm so grateful to have had this conversation and be able to share it with you. Our conversation was part of the Great Turning Summit, a day-long online event that we at School for the Great Turning hosted a couple weeks ago on June 17th. We got to hear from a diverse range of activists, visionaries, artists, and elders speaking about how they're participating in the movement for life on this planet. We talked about how we're collectively making a pivot toward a livable future, And this is a collaboration between millions of people and the more-than-human world, all of us vying for life. To quote Joanna Macy, our beloved elder who energized this term, the Great Turning, in the 1990s, Of course, not everyone involved in this adventure calls it the Great Turning. You don't need that name in order to fight for survival and fashion the forms of a sane and decent future. Yet, more and more of us are finding the concept to be both accurate and inspiring. For me, as a teacher, activist, and grandmother, the great turning helps me see what the physical eye cannot. It illumines the larger forces at play and the direction they are taking. At the same time, it sharpens my perception of the actual, concrete ways people are engaging in this global transformation. In other words, it serves as both compass and lens. Those were words from Joanna Macy. As part of the summit, I had the opportunity to speak about the great turning in my sort of corner of this movement, the intimate landscapes, the ecosystems of our own bodies, and what Chinese medicine and deep ecology teach us about illness and healing. I also hosted a panel on parenting during the great turning, and this conversation you're about to hear with Guar Mudakuza. I'm so grateful and honored to be in community with Guar and to get to share his voice with you. Enjoy. Guar, hello and welcome. 
Thank you so much for joining us for the Great Turning Summit. Thank you very much for welcoming me for this Great Turning Summit. It is a pleasure and privilege to be here today. I would love to ask you first this question that we're inviting everyone to share on. What are some things that you love about being alive on Earth? <laughs> well, that is a great question. Um, you know, uh, being alive and uh, being uh, on Earth, we have to have gratitude for a lot of things. I'm so happy and and privileged first to, to to have a breath of life that I do breathe, and also uh, I'm grateful to be partaking in 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 a world of people who really understand that they are not living for themselves but they are living for others seeing that the world is 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 our world at as we take initiatives to make it better we take initiative on how are we going to cooperate with the world how can we able to to strive people who are living on earth not only people but also every living thing and all the non-living things. So it is a privilege to be alive and know that I'm not a human being only, but also I'm a, a change agent for everything. When I'm talking about change agent, I'm looking at all this scope of life, every scope of life. So when we live, we should, I should really be grateful knowing that um, I'm doing things that are turning people's life. Mm. I'm doing things that are making people happy and making people think that there are people behind us caring about us. You know, there are people, a lot of people losing hope knowing that there's no one caring about me. But I'm so very and very grateful when I come behind and, and, and people are like, wow, there's someone caring about us. And mm. that is my happy being on earth to beautify people's life, but also to uh, changing my community. But mostly on that, it is to, to be a person that is, um, is growing for the better of the community. Yeah. Beautiful. That's very beautiful. Thank, Thank you. Well, I'd love to hear more about this, what you've been inspired to do. Would you like to tell mm -hmm. us a little bit of your story and how you came to found Plethora Social Initiative? Oh, thanks very much. Uh, firstly, I want to um, the flashback from, 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 from where I was, from my, my, my country, as I am um, a refugee by status. I flee from a country. I was I was I, I was born in in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and in in Eastern, originally in Bukavu, and it's where I grew up. It's where I studied. It's where I lived. But we're living a beautiful life, you know, a life like everyone could live. Going to school, seeing brothers, siblings, having a normal life like anybody. At that time, I was to my second uh, second year at the university. All of a sudden, something just happened. The war broke in people fleeing from different places. A mother doesn't know where the, the son is. The son that is not where the brother is. The wife doesn't know where the father is. And everyone, we got skirted. Everyone on his own way, not, you know, seeing behind, not seeing behind. What could just be behind it is, 
you know, the bombs, it is the guns, violence, you know, this all of these sad things. And finding myself fleeing from a country that I loved, from from the vision, from 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 these beautiful things that I was living in. And all of a sudden things changed, you know. I flee and I find myself in in in, in Uganda, originally in Nakiva refugee settlement, where I could see everything in dark. I don't know what to do. You know, all of those trauma for the things that I've been through. I've been I've seen people uh, I've seen people dying, I've seen people uh, being being violated, I've seen all of these bad things that one can see during the wars. And after that, here I am in Akivala Refugee Settlement as a refugee since 2017. It has been now six years. Alone. I have a family, but I'm not living with my family. I don't know where they are at right now. I don't know where of all they are. So it's something sad, but I didn't really have to look much on that. I did and see, okay, I'm not going to cry for life. I have to, to take on and start going and do some things. So when I reached in here and I give a lot of refugee settlement, I started looking how people are living. When I came here, I found people with no shelter. I found people having not having all of this right, the basic human right, you know, and the basic human needs was a very challenge to the people in Akivala refugee settlement. No access for water, no access for education, no access for all this person can need. And I start now seeing, you know, an orphan that is now orphaned, not because they want to be orphaned, but just because the situation has allowed them to be, their parent was killed within the war and they are here in Akivala refugee settlement, the hosting families and others, they finding themselves refugees, youth, they don't have their fathers, their mothers, husband, they don't have their wives, wives, they don't have their husbands. And life become a challenging and when I look onto that, I said, no, because uh, urban planning, that is the cost that I was pursuing, urban planning. I was much involved in the community. And it's where now the momentum of creating plethora social initiative came. And I was like, what can I do to make this community better? What can I do to make sure that I bring a change into this community because I don't want to see this community keep on being like this. So instead of keep on crying for what I've been through, as I'm now crying for what I'm seeing, you know, children perishing, parents missing food, you know, children being malnourished. And I was like, you know, I have to create an initiative that is going to tackle on these social problems and be able to make a striving community that we can rely on as refugees. And that's how the idea of creating plethora social initiative came. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the story. Thank you for sharing your story and um, your what came up within you when you saw what was happening around you and your decision to take that initiative for the people around you where you where you found yourself. Yeah. So what is your idea right now about what a thriving community could look like mm -hmm. for refugees mm -hmm. and host, host communities? Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Thank you very much. Uh, Plethora Australia Initiative came to, to birth as a refugee-led initiative that is awakening the, awakening the community momentum through regenerative practices and empower uh, refugee community to catalyze positive change, but also to build a resilient community. So that to me means a, a thriving community means that a community that is self-resilient. A community, sorry, I'm having a network, I mean, as you can see, yeah, an electricity issue. So when we okay. are in refugees, all of these things happen. Yeah, it's okay. We can, I can still yeah. see you and hear you, which is all that I care about. Thank you very much. So when I say, what does it mean for me, a thriving community? It is a community that is having access to the human basic needs. The human basic right. You know, we are looking at how that this incorporate in the people that are living in Akivala refugee settlement to not see themselves as refugees, not as 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 people who are being uh, who are being victim, but survivors. You know, we're still having people who are looking at themselves as oh we are victim of war, oh we are victim of violence, so we are victim of trauma. But we are trying to take people to the stage of from being victim to survivors to understand that apart from being refugees, there is a life to make. Apart from being refugees, there are visions to make happen. Apart from being refugees, there are a community that we have to take care of. So to, 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 to train this community to stop thinking to be a refugee, 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 refugee. You know, when you think I'm refugee, I'm refugee, that word weakens you and stops you from doing the great things that you can do and stop people to cultivating their own potentials to thrive. That's why we are looking at equipping to develop the inner capacities hmm, of individuals in Akivala refugee settlement to express their unique potential to serve their large community. Here we come to enable them, to equip them with all the tools that they may be need, need as a community and skills and tools they need to foster a positive change by uplifting their livelihood and shifting from refugee community to resilient community. Want to see them creating their own jobs. Want to see them starting the initiative of, of, of farming. Want to see them, you know, growing a lot of crops and, and go and build resilient on market. Why not taking, you know, the, the regional market on, 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 on producing, let me say, bananas. Why can't a refugee supply industries that is in capital city? Why can't a refugee, you know, stand up on entrepreneur platform and defend his own idea? Why can't we raise leaders that are going to raise up in the country, not only in the country, but also worldwide? We believe that being a refugee is not a barrier, but being a refugee must also be another opportunity of being at a place of learning new skills in a hardship and strive to make a resilient community. Wow. Yep. Very inspiring. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Mm. Do you have an example of, of any of the projects that you and the community have been doing that you could tell us about? Oh my goodness. Thank you very much. We have um, a lot of projects that we are looking at. How can we do something going to impact people? 
and not only people, but also caring for our planet. You know, the refugees are people who are also affected with climate change. There's a lot of instability of weather, you know, crop shocks with, with climate change and many other things. So refugees are very good potential to be affected with this. So let me talk about permaculture. We are, going, we are training refugees in Akivale, refugee settlement, to utilize land, resources, and people, and environment as well. But also flourishing the natural ecosystem, including design principles, using the whole system thinking and grow enough food to respond on food shortage to the refugee settlement and build a resilient community. Because uh, we have uh, an effect of, of, of climate change here. People are using chemicals and we have soil deterioration, so there is no agricultural productivity. People over the years, they've been using chemicals and they can farm a lot, a lot in acre, but when it comes to harvest, there is nothing that they're harvesting just because they have been using chemicals for over years and it affects their livelihood. So here we come as plethora social initiative to Im implement these permaculture practices to this regenerative agriculture, to regenerate soil, to see how we can be able to teach them pra these practices. So after training the community, we as, as, as an organization, as an initiative, we come and, 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 and give the community the tools that they need to, 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 to start doing these practices. That's why we come, we give them whole, we give them watering can, we support them with, with rakes and, and all the agricultural tools, but also giving them better breed of seeds to plant that are very resilient seeds, that are very resistant to climate shock. And these are really, really, really turning uh, the life of refugees around because of the outcome that we are really looking at. And we, within that scope, of, 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 of that project of permaculture uh, training course, we are, we, are, we are impacting in many ways. We are looking at the climate. We are mitigating the emission, such as uh, carbon uh, sequestration and improve on resilient for crops shocks. Apart from that, we are looking at soil health. We are improving the soil fertility by increasing biomass production and hereby by preventing soil degra de degradation. We are increasing on the biodiversity because of the crop rotation and eliminate the toxic pesticide usage by preventing soil deterioration and support diversity on farm. Apart from that, we have a lot of uh, increasing as well the livelihood because this is this is a practice that is it is giving farmers a long-term farmers livelihoods. So this is, by the way, I want to welcome other people to join us because we are having a training this, this uh, 20th up to 5th July. We are calling upon people to come and join us. Go on our website. If you like to donate, you can donate to be able to make these things happen and host these things in the refugee settlement. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> It's amazing, really, what you're doing. It's I hear the the big vision of it and how you're thinking about the impacts of climate change and the contribution that you all can be making toward mitigating some of those effects and building food security and empowering people um, and really going out and thinking about what type of seeds. So um, 
I'm, I'm just very happy to hear more details about what you're all doing there. So we're talking about this idea of the great turning that we're in a time of all these different ways and all these different places turning toward a more life honoring, life sustaining way of mm. being humans in this community of life. And mm. you have mentioned a lot of different pieces of what we call the great unraveling. One name for it could be the great unraveling, right? This, what you experienced mm. with war and um, what you're seeing with climate change affecting crops. So mm. I wonder if you want to reflect on for yourself or if there's any conversations that are happening in your community about this, but do you see the great turning happening? Do you see this as a time where that's one of the stories that's taking place? And if you do, how are you seeing that in your experience? Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Wow. This is very, 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 very complex, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's the whole yeah. system. But on my side, I'm going to really confirm that I'm seeing the great turning happening in all areas. I'm seeing the great turn in a political area. I'm seeing the great turn in, 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 uh, in environment. I'm seeing the great turning in, in economy. I'm seeing the great turning in livelihood because uh, long time ago, we only know that it is G20 that is working on climate change. But right now we have thousands and thousands of, of organizations that are working on climate. That is a great turning. That's a very great turning. Today we are now come with the word of regenerative agriculture. That is more of agricultural, you know, it's more than agricultural and 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 and, and growing food in, in a sustainable way. We have seen things changing around the world, everything is actually evolving and, and turning. When we look at where the world was in the last 10 years, last 20 years, it is not where the world is at now. When I reached here in 2017, the world, this refugee camp was a chaos, trust me. Mm. People was drinking the water from the, from, 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 from the lake. People are drinking water from the swamps. I personally drank that water because I had no choice. I had really no choice. But at now, we have a lot of organizations that are coming to install the water system of refugee settlement. It's usually a time that we're, you know, laying on these international agencies, UN agencies, big organizations. We couldn't have these this community-based organizations. They weren't there. They weren't really there. We only had these international agencies, UN agencies that was responding to the social problems. But today we have community-based organizations across the world, everywhere across the world. And they understood that there have to be this great turning because people who really understand their problem better, it is the people living in that community. I want to give you an example. For example, here in Akivala Refugee Settlement, I am a refugee. I know what's, what does it mean to be a refugee. I know what does it mean, you know, living without clean water. I know what does it mean living without electricity. Today, I'm 
I thank God today I can, I, I, I'm having this electricity. I thank God, even though it is in and out, but I thank God to have it because it reached a time that we could only use candles to light up, candles. So uh, then I am the one who really understand the problems. And as I understand a problem as a refugee, as you understand a problem as you, where you live, it is not the same problem as someone else can understand that problem. That person can bring a solution that is based on assumption. Mm. Why? Because that person is not really living in a community. That person is not in, in, on the ground. When they reach in the community, they find that the problem that they have come to solve, it is not really that the real problem. You know, the real problem is something else. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like a tree. A tree, you want to solve a problem, you start solving the problem that you are seeing on the leaf. But that's not the real problem. The problem is on the roof. And who knows the roof? It is the tree that knows the real problem that it's really having. So I'm seeing the great turning in. We as initiatives, community-based initiatives, who are really undergoing problems in the community, we are able to, to, to have some concept of the solutions that we are really facing because we know how, we, how, how they are pending us in the community. And it is great to see how the world is receiving this. I have, I have even the UNHCR have understood this, that the refugees are the ones understanding their real problem. They have installed a program of a refugee fund before they could not do this, they could not trust you. How, how, how could they trust you that you, a refugee, can conceive something? Yet in refugees, we have people who went to school. We have responsible. We have bright people. We have people with, with the capacity and the potentials to do things. But today, they have understood that they have to be this great turning. So when I say that I'm seeing this great turning, I'm really seeing it. In, 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 in leadership, I'm seeing this horizontal leadership happening, you know, before it was leadership, yeah, you know, it's me leading here, but where we give the opportunity, everyone the opportunity to speak, everyone the opportunity to lead, everyone the opportunity of uh, identifying what is a problem, you know, and I think this is something that we are really going to a world where our children will be able of the sacrifice that we, we did to, to canalize this great turning because I'm sure that we are the one canalizing this great turning. We are the one opposing to the system that is affecting the world in striving. So this is the way I'm looking at this great turning happening in, in, in our communities, in every aspect, in every department, in every sector. I'm seeing this great turning happening. Amazing. Amazing to hear you describe it like this. I'm so grateful you have electricity there and it allows me to have this conversation with you too. <laughs> and I, I love your image of the tree. You know, we, we use that metaphor in um, all kinds of ways about getting to the root of a problem. And I just mm. really appreciate how you're saying it's the tree who knows it's not then someone else mm -hmm. has to come dig up and study the roots the tree knows the people in the community know themselves yourselves you all know what you most need and have the capacity for leadership and everything that you just shared is really powerful and um 
important, I think, for us to mm. be speaking to and to listen to. So thank mm. you for sharing all of that and for sharing a glimpse of what you're doing. And thank you for letting us know how we could support this work because like like you're saying, people outside of a situation can only guess and assume what might be helpful. And you can tell us very clearly, here's what we're working on and here's what would be helpful. I also really love hearing you talk about the horizontal leadership and the capacity of so many leaders. It reminds me of how you phrased it at the very beginning of our conversation when you were saying some things you love about life and and you said um, cooperating with the world. Yeah, true. So that is the way, you know, we refugees, we have a lot of barriers of accessing, you know, having this clear understanding of how amazing the world is and how life is very beautiful because of not making it beautiful, because we believe that we have to, to ensure the world that we want to live in without compromising to the next generation. I my my belief is for the years that I'm going to make here in Akivala refugee settlement, when I live here, they should understand there was a man who was called Gloire Mundekuza in Akivala refugee settlement. He left a legacy. And this legacy is not only for refugees, because Plethora Social Initiative, when tomorrow or after tomorrow I got uh, the resettlement, maybe to California, where where you are, maybe anywhere in the world, the initiative will still play its role to help the community, you know, to help the community. But also, it will be done the way we found it, rather than harming it. We should be able to leave people better rather than harming them. We should be able to live the nature better than the way we, we found it. That actually, that is the great turning, you know. That's the great turning. That's why we come to to regenerate, you know, to regenerate, to restore, to strive, you know. And that is what I'm so much uh, driven with to be able to to leave a legacy, not to me, but to the world to leave a legacy to a planet. For example, this program that we are having of, of the Gigaton Challenge, it is a program that when we look at what we are doing, sometimes, you know, I'm like, wow, we are really doing an amazing work, no matter the trauma that we are having, because you have a lot of traumas as for the things that people have been through, you know, all of these, all of these uh, things. But when we look at the things that we are doing to, to make sure that we leave a world a better place to live. It is, it, it is amazing. We have been able to abate the more than, more than 70 tons of carbon emission through our practices of the Gigaton Challenge. You know, we believe that, okay, we are refugees, but let's do our part, you know, to this great turning. Let's do our part for this great turning. And the part that we are doing is not only for people, but also for Mother Earth. Reducing fifty, I mean, seventy tons of 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 carbon emission. It is not something very easy, and we are looking ways forward to abate more and more and more and more and more with with our practices. 
of the gigaton challenge. For those one who doesn't know it, it is a radical and decentralized climate strategy with the unique focus at equity. We are focusing on composting food wastes from street, and these food wastes, we recycle them from street, from market, from restaurant and public area. Then we bring this food, we stop them ending to the landfill, we bring them to the composite, we compost them to get a biomass and, 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 and uh, the organic fertilizer. And this helps us to get uh, organic fertilizer that we fertilize our farm from with because we're having a soil that is very, very, very uh, degraded because of the usage of chemicals for the past years. And also this is helping us giving a green job to the youth in Lake Valley refugee settlement and, and in host communities. And we are able to work with youth to make sure that we do these things. So, and through our practices to stop this waste ending in the landfill, we have been able to reduce more than 70 tons of carbon emission that is that is abated with our practices of composting and stopping this waste going to the landfill because we believe that waste pollute more when they go to the landfill. For example, we're having another, another thing that it is still a prototype that we are looking at, recycling bottle and turning bottle into a waterproof bags. So this is our part that we are doing we as refugees to make sure that we live the world better the, than the way we found it because we believe that being a refugee doesn't mean that we are not able. We are able to reduce on carbon emission we are able to turn into the great turning, to do our part into the great turning, to strive and create a positive change. It's such an incredible message that you have, this, the, the great turning as this orientation toward leaving things better than we found mm -hmm. them. And that people who are experiencing being refugees or whatever else, human mm. beings can experience that might make them think, yeah, you know, I can't um, make a difference in the world that, mm. that it's possible. And mm. I really, yeah, just amazing work, amazing work with the Gigaton project and with your, your vision. So mm. I just want to say thank you again, Guar. I feel so grateful to have gotten to speak with you. I have learned a lot from you and I feel really inspired by you and Thank you for what you do and for talking with me mm. and sharing with the world. Thank you very much. Um, I'm so very and very, very appreciative as well, Leilan, to be hosted. And I'm so very happy to be here. And I'm really, really, really looking uh, forward to keep, of course, talking with you with a lot of projects that we have to implement. And thank you for inviting me for this interview and to this community of the Great Turning. I'm really so happy to be able as well to have highlighted the work that we do in Nakivalo Refugee Settlement toward refugees. And for me, as I've, I've just said that I look at Great Turning as to refugee as a, a process, you know, a process from victim to survival. Short like that, from victim to survival survivors and that is how i see it and i'm so very happy and i'm really really looking forward to many beautiful things from you from the community and and also from uh our commitment to other regenerators and many things yes
Me too. So many more good things to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Gloire. So thank you so very much, Leilan. I really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening. Please visit the show notes at turningseason.com slash episode 35 for links to Plethora Social Initiative, where you can learn more about them and donate to support their work if you'd like to. I'll be in touch on the new moon with an email newsletter highlighting news from each of the three dimensions of the great turning. So if you aren't already receiving those emails, you can sign up for email updates at turningseason.com. And I'll be back on the full moon in August with another podcast episode. Until then, thank you again for listening and for all the ways you play your part.